We've all got questions about the Bible and Christianity. Some of us are Christians and want to know how best to live for God and show our love for Him. Some of us are curious about what it means to follow Jesus. And some of us are skeptical of the idea of religion in general. Whatever your background, we invite you into these conversations that strive to take an honest look at what the Bible has to say on a wide variety of subjects. Each week, we will discuss questions that have been sent in from all around the world and try to find truth and practical application in God's Word. If you have any questions or follow-up comments, contact us anytime by emailing info at broadwaycoc.com. I'm Jed Lovejoy, and these are Conversations with Dan. Uh, today's question. You back on the third row. Uh, never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> <clears throat> today's question gets at the heart of a lot of the discussions that we get into. Um, and then a lot of the follow-up kind of spawns out of this sort of idea. And it boils down to when you start looking at the Bible, is there a correct way or a best practiced way to kind of go about finding answers in here or interpreting the scriptures? Um, I think something that's usually tossed out is, well, you can't go to this because it doesn't have an answer for everything. Or you're being too strict or too loose with a particular passage. So... What if for someone's going to this to start studying, what's kind of the best way to approach it? Maybe is a okay. good way to phrase that question. And this is this is hugely important, and it's probably one of the most fundamental discussions we'll ever have. Uh, theologians call this hermeneutics. How do we rightly interpret the scriptures? Yeah. Uh, Timothy was told in two Timothy two fifteen. Give diligence to show give diligence to show yourself approved unto God, mm-hmm. a workman that doesn't need to be ashamed, handling correctly yeah. the word of truth. Well, how do you handle it correctly? If is there that seems to inc- uh, imply that there is a correct way mm-hmm. to handle the scriptures. So there are many today that are struggling for some kind of uh, a template to put over the scriptures to interpret them. Um, you have people from back in the day, uh, maybe like Martin Luther, who, who um, you know, faith only was kind of a template that he put over the scriptures and whatever he read, it had to fit into that. Uh, our forefathers in the churches of Christ, some of them in the ref- Restoration era, mm-hmm. and some that came later, they came up with a sort of a template that they put over the scriptures. Uh, you got to look at the commands, you got to look at the examples, and you have to look at the necessary inferences. Mm-hmm. And that one has given us a world of hurt in some places, <laughs> but uh, not that there aren't any. And that's the Stone Campbell type movement. It is. Yeah. And there's. There are a lot of good that came out of that, but it's still a an, sort of an outside template that you try to put over Scripture. Mm-hmm. So stripping all that away, if that's even possible, I would like to just approach this from strictly a biblical standpoint. What does the Bible say about this itself? Number one, I think, in hermeneutics is you have to get a grasp. And hermeneutics is... How to interpret the Bible. Right. You have to understand the sequential story of the Bible. And we've talked about that a little bit. We have. Yeah. And it's simply that there is a story and a sequence of events, starting with Genesis, 
that goes throughout the Bible. And to interpret Scripture properly, we have to know where we are in that story. Hmm. Because from time to time, things changed in that story. Like one we talk about a lot is that Jesus' resurrection, Pentecost time period, things drastically changed on one side or the other. Yes, because the specific commands Mm -hmm. that God had given his people under the Mosaic covenant were no longer enforced to people that were accepting the covenant of Christ. There was a different set of commands. Now, some were repeated by Christ. But it matters whether we were living before then or after that point when Christ died and rose again. Okay. So where am I in the Bible story? Uh, You need to understand the story of creation and how everything was good. You need to understand uh, the consequences of sin to the whole world. You need to understand why God destroyed the world in a flood. Mm. You need to see the great promise to Abraham in Genesis 12 and how that was worked out over time in the rest of the story. Yeah. You need to understand how God chose Israel and made a covenant with Israel mm-hmm. at Sinai and then how they lived under that covenant in that relationship with God and when they were successful, when they were not successful, Mm -hmm. and how that God punished them various ways and finally promised a new covenant, you know, and that's a story that takes a long time. time. (laughs) Need to understand the Gospels and, and how that people in the Gospels were under the Mosaic Law and Christ came to encourage people to submit to God's rule and obey that Mosaic law. But the new covenant, Mm -hmm. which is only mentioned by Christ at the Last Supper right before his death, could not be offered because it was based on the death and resurrection of Christ. So it couldn't be offered to people until after the death and resurrection of Christ on the day of Pentecost. And then the stipulations of Christ through his apostles that came when the new covenant was offered. And we need to know where we are. So one very basic tenet of hermeneutics, of interpreting Scripture, is where do I fit? Where do you fit Hmm. in the sequence of the Bible story? Okay. That's point one. That's that's the first one. Okay. So we're reading through, and we have to first see it as a continuous writing, a continuous piece of work, despite it's all the different pieces, different time periods, and then see it in that order. Now, now then another issue that that comes off of this issue, okay, so we have the Bible story, but what happens after the Bible storyline comes to a close? Is there a continuing story where God's will continues to change? Okay. Uh, Scripture does not teach that. Uh, Jude 3 talks about the faith which was once for all mm-hmm. delivered to the saints. And uh, the um, the great commission that Jesus gave, he says, you know, go make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe everything I've commanded and I'm with you all the way till the end of the age. So the plan of God, the redemptive plan of God in Christ, isn't something that changes over the ages. This thing was 
set in place from the time of the apostles onward. Mm-hmm. And there's no indication in Scripture. In fact, there's the opposite. Paul wrote, If you or even an angel from heaven preaches to you any other gospel than that which you have received, let him be accursed. Yeah. So um, the New Testament story ends with the apostolic gospel being preached and the churches following those commands of the apostles because they were the ambassadors of Jesus Mm -hmm. and uh, functioning as Christians based on those things. And unlike, for example, Catholicism that says, or uh, the Latter-day Saints is another group, and there's some others that revelation is ongoing, and so God continues to reveal his his will to each generation, and so yeah. they can change the commands and everything like that. Mm. The Bible does not teach that. So it's a difference in like... If we look at the Old Covenant and the prophets and everything, they are continually talking about something is coming. Someone is coming. That's right. Whereas once we get to the New Covenant, we start reading the things written by the apostles. They're saying it's already come, and now we're just looking forward to basically the end of days. The return of Christ. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it's not that more things are going to happen. It's that the fulfillment of everything is coming eventually. Right. It's not that... It's not that... That God is going to institute new rules, new commands right. for every generation. So, mm. you know, back to our restoration template. And, and the only reason I'm trying to avoid saying commands, examples, and uh, necessary inference at this point, not because those things are not valid, but I'm saying that rather than use those terms and just try to find those things let's let's see that there is a bible story a sequence of events mm. that there is a new covenant that was promised that's now come let's see the position of the apostles in that that Jesus sent the holy spirit to them revealed his will for us through those men mm-hmm. and that that revelation to Jesus and the apostles is the apex of God's plan. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So those things are fundamental. Now there's there's been some some shift not only in churches of Christ but in denominations in general that um, people are seeking after what I would call a a um it's kind of a theological hermeneutic based on the interpretation of Scripture by people from the past and commonalities in those things. And it's somewhat existential, meaning it's somewhat um, left up to the person in the contemporary culture to reread Scripture in terms of our own culture, not to read hmm. Scripture as it is. Okay. Uh, and that's something coming from the past? No, well, it's well, sort mean, of from the past, but now, now it's big-time discussion. Um, there was a book a few years ago called God's Holy Fire. It was Kurakowski, Thompson, and somebody else published by ACU Press. And the, the subcaption of the, of the book was The Nature and Function of Scripture. Mm-hmm. Well, when you, when you look at the nature of of scripture as something less than verbally inspired by God, something less than God breathed and more 
human produced. Um, you look at scripture as not necessarily factual, not necessarily historical, mm -hmm. um, something that has more human in it maybe than it does divine. Yeah. Then you don't feel compelled to stick yeah. so closely to it. Okay. And so a lot of the problem in hermeneutics today is people that take a lesser view of scripture. Mm. And because of that, they, they see more freedom for us to reread it in terms of our culture and not to be so tied to yeah. the things that are stated here. I think that goes a lot to some of the discussions we've had about this, you know, how it's almost like on a sliding scale, how inspired do you think the Word of God is completely or partially or whatever? Uh, and it goes to that discussion we've had about do we only follow like the red letter parts of the Bible mm -hmm. because we know those are the words of Jesus, you know, yeah. versus everything was inspired by God and put in place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. and so that's an important point. How do we view the nature of the Bible in the first place? Mm. Is it really the verbally inspired Word of God that was given directly from heaven to these apostles and prophets, and was it written down exactly as God intended it to be? Because I think this is, this is a good point to kind of mention a lot of the stuff in the Bible, even in the New Testament, the stuff that we're, we're under today makes people in our modern context uncomfortable. Absolutely. Uh, it's not politically correct. Absolutely not in a lot of cases. And so that's where I think in the modern context, not just in America, but in lots of countries around the world, they start going, well, I can't follow that, so surely I can tweak this piece. But then the question becomes, if you can tweak that piece, what pieces are supposed to stay the same and mm -hmm. what pieces are on this moving scale depending on your culture. Yes. You know, as we look at this idea of how culturally relevant it is or how culturally static it is, uh, there's probably a lot of discussion out there just on that point. It is, and, it, and that really depends on what you think it is. Hmm. If you think, as one man said, that a scripture is inspired sort of like when you see a beautiful sunset, you're inspired. You know, If that's what you think of scripture, then yeah. the way you deal with it is going to be way different than if you look at it like those Israelites back there did who saw the, the thunder and lightning and heard the voice of God on top of the mm. mountain and came down from mountain and he said, this is what I want you to do. They thought really yeah. he wanted them to do it. You yeah. Know? So... So, yeah, it does come down to, do you believe that it's actually God's words through these various men who wrote it down? Mm -hmm. Or is it just these men looked up and went, man, this is an awesome thing we're part of. We should write some of this. Well, and, and for example, the book I mentioned earlier, they in 2 Timothy 3.16, where it says all scripture is God-breathed and is profitable. Yeah. They said that we shouldn't emphasize the God-breathed. We should emphasize it's profitable. It's profitable for these things, but it's not the only way God talks to us, they say. And it's not the only way that, you mm -hmm. know, that they, would, they would say that when your church meets and you pray, God will talk to you. And he might have some ideas about what you ought to do. And so scripture is okay. not the only thing that you base stuff on. See? Yeah. And, and so it, it not only detracts from what you think it is, but it, it also gives you kind of license to go beyond yeah 
It reminds me of what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 4, 6, when he said, um, These things have I transferred figuratively to myself and Apollos for your sakes, that you might learn not to go beyond the things that are written, Mm -hmm. so that no one man is puffed up for one person against another. So we can't go beyond the things that are written. We need to stick with the things that are written. Why? Because they're God-breathed. Right. So that's a huge issue in hermeneutics. And last thing, and I'm going to leave this to people to ask some more questions. And we do welcome questions, comments. Please, because this is a huge subject that needs a lot of talking about. The New Testament scriptures often provide us with interpretations of the Old Testament. 1 Corinthians Mm. 10. Let me use these examples from the Old Testament to show you not to flirt with idolatry, but to flee from them. Um, In the book of Hebrews, the book of Hebrews is a series of interpretations of Old Testament scriptures to Mm -hmm. prove Christianity. Most of the apostolic writings are pretty straightforward, but sometimes uh, even Paul, he'll use a passage like Luke 10, 7 to show that you should uh, support those financially that preach the truth. But the, the most solid interpretation of scriptures that we, we don't have any question about is inspired interpretation of scriptures that we actually find in the Bible itself. Yeah. Where the apostles actually say the scripture says this and it means yeah. this. So, so when, when Jesus and the apostles made basically a commentary on previous teaching, right? that's a pretty easy one to grab hold of and go... That's then right. that's what it means. That's right. So Seems let's, fair to let's, me. let's sweep this up real quickly okay. for this lesson. And this is yeah. a much bigger subject. I was going to say, we could talk for a lot longer on this one. First, to, to correctly interpret Scripture, you have to fit your passage into the sequence of the story of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Secondly, your, the way you look at Scripture will be greatly influenced by what you think scripture is. Is it really the word of God given direct by direct revelation to prophets and apostles? And is it exactly like it's supposed to be? Do you believe mm-hmm. that or not? Yeah. And that's going to determine. And then thirdly, when the Bible itself gives you an interpretation, then that should be a real good indicator yeah. for you. Okay. So there's kind of the three. I'll probably put those in the comment. Just that way people can build off of those, maybe yeah. in the discussion, to help help along. And, and commands, so I'll just throw this out. Take commands, the most solid, I think, area for us to, to um, focus on. Um, what commands? Where, which part of the Bible am I in? Who's commanding it? Mm-hmm. Um, is this command something that you see demonstrably in different places? Is it a one-time, one-circumstance command like... Go prepare a donkey to ride down the Mount Olive, yeah. Mount Olive to into Jerusalem, or is it a command that's given that seems to be uh, part of the apostolic teaching to the entire church everywhere? You know, yeah. those kinds of things has to have to come into yeah. effect it, too. But that's another lesson. Maybe. I was going to say, and those tie right back into some of those original ones because depending on who's saying that command or where they're saying it. Yeah, Some are we people, somewhere back in Israel and telling somebody not to boil a kid in its mother's milk? Yeah. Or are we 
among one of the New Testament churches and one of the apostles is saying, this is what you're supposed to do. Yeah, and if you take the view that only the things of Jesus matter, well, then who cares what the apostles said? So, Yeah, but then you haven't read what Jesus said about the apostles. <laughs> cycles back again. Yeah. Oh, man. So this is a big one, uh, and we probably will address it some more. But obviously, the more you come in and interact with us, the more we can kind of focus that conversation. Yeah, what are your questions that come out of this discussion? Yeah. Ask those, and let's deal with those the best we can. Absolutely. From a biblical standpoint. Yeah. Grow together. That's our goal here. That's right. So here we go. Thanks for watching, listening on whatever device and medium you're on. And as always, comments, shares, reviews drastically help us as we continue to have these conversations together. So y'all have a good week. God bless. Thanks again for listening to these weekly conversations between myself and Dr. Dan Owen. Conversations with Dan is an outreach and teaching ministry of the Broadway Church of Christ in Paducah, Kentucky. You can find us online through most of the major social media sites or through our website, broadwaycoc.com.